Hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So today we are speaking with Amy Bouchard, who is coming to us from the great state of Alaska. I feel like I get to talk to so many people and I've spoken to people in six different countries and all different states. And this is my first one in our 50th. It was Alaska 49 or 50. 49th. I I knew the minute I said it. So close. It's all good. (laughs) You know what? It's not, you're not required to keep track of what states were in what order. You know, (laughs) I just, as I was saying it, I'm like, nope, don't say fifth. Don't commit. Don't commit. Anyway, excited to have her here. So Amy is the host of the Humans Outside podcast which I want everyone obviously to subscribe to before we're done with this. And she's the founder of the Humans Outside 365 Day Challenge. Keep that number in mind. Yes, it means something. Her projects are inspired by her ongoing personal experiment to test what happens if you spend a certain amount of time outside every single day. Again, did I mention that she lives in Alaska? So when I read this, I was like so interested because it's great in theory, but boy, it's going to be tested in resiliency a few days slash weeks slash, I don't know, a year to be like, why did I say I was going to do this on what day? So we're going to find out how it all happens. She happens to have 1,700 days of that habit already under her belt. I'm sure that more by the time you listen to this. So with that, I say welcome. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me and letting me share this journey with the Joy Found Here podcast community. I really appreciate it because I have become an outdoor time evangelist, for lack of a better description. I get that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think when you find something that is so simple, that works for you so well, and is so wildly accessible to literally anyone, and we can talk about that in in a little bit, 
you really feel compelled to share this idea with other people. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. That's what I do on the humans outside podcast. That's what I do with the humans 365 challenge. But of course, all of this started as something I was doing for myself. It's very selfish. I had moved to Alaska with my husband, sight unseen, and my two kids and my dog. I mean, it was a whole load up the station wagon pioneer situation. Were you just sitting on the couch saying, hey, here's an idea? Or watching like a national, like a little doc, a National Geographic Discovery Channel saying, I was (laughs) rounding a curve. And I remember the moment I was like, Alaska. I was driving home from the gym where we lived in middle Tennessee. My husband was in the active duty army. We had talked about getting out of the army. We had talked about where would we go live? We wanted to go somewhere that he could spend more time outside to help himself with some combat trauma and injuries from traumatic brain injury. And we had like toyed around with all these options. Oh, we could go here. We could go there. And I'm, I can see myself. It's like an out-of-body experience. I can see myself driving into my neighborhood from the gym, rounding the corner in this like very normal suburban subdivision and this light bulb, bing, why don't we look at Alaska? That's a place. Never been here. Never wanted to be here. We had the opportunity to put Alaska on a list of places we might want to go in the army. I said, no, thank you. Get that right off that list. And yeah, so we started looking at Alaska as a possibility. found a school program for him to go to. And I mean, literally loaded up the station wagon about a year later and moved to Alaska where we had never been. We bought a house sight unseen. I had really especially in retrospect, no idea what to expect. I'm from a beach in California. (laughs) (laughs) It is one time it snowed very big news. Okay. So this whole mm, sub zero temperatures and endless days of mostly darkness is very foreign. Cold. Yeah. Cold. Cold. Let's not mention the cold. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So I had never wanted to move here. But we decided we would come up and see if this would help him. And now, so fast forward about a year later, he's like parading all over Alaska. He's living his best life. He's taking a master's degree credit course in snowboarding. Who are these people? Okay. And I have been sitting in my house. I've been sitting in my house wondering when I was going to suddenly have like benefits from living in Alaska. And it occurred to me as I'm, again, another one of these out-of-body moments, you know, when you have a good idea or something shifts in your life, you can Mm. relive that. It's almost like you're watching yourself in that moment. So I'm having, I'm sitting on my porch. Now you have to imagine it's May, it's Memorial Day weekend. It is raining. It is 55 degrees Mm, tops. And I have survived winter here one winter. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. I am I'm going outside and I'm reading this book. I'm eating, drinking this coffee. I'm reading this book outside. So help me God. It starts raining. There are water droplets on my library book. Okay. <laughs> reading Harry Potter. I will not lie to you. Okay. And I have this moment where I'm like, all right, listen, Alaska, what is happening here? And I start wondering, why did I even move here? I am waiting for me to have some benefit from Alaska. And I'm not seeing it. What is going on? And I realized in this moment that what was going on is that I was waiting 
for nature to do what I wanted it to do instead of changing myself to see what this thing that was constantly evolving and out of my control had for me. And so I realized that if I was going to ever experience what nature could give me, I was going to have to make a decision to change what I was expecting. So that's looking inwardly and choosing to have a better perspective. Okay. Even just for that little moment. Okay. So I decided I would see what would happen if I went outside every day. All right. So this was just at the time for the summer from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Easy. 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 It's sunny-ish. It's not as cold as it was. There are endless things to do. There's wildflowers. Okay. And so I started going outside every day just for a little bit. What I realized by doing that for those three months in the summer was that I was not ready to stop doing that. And so as I got closer to Labor Day weekend, to the end of that initial, just like, okay, what does this look like experiment? I realized, okay, what I really want to do is see if I can do this for a year and let's step it up a little bit. Let's set some guardrails because I know that when the weather gets bad, I'm like, I'm out of here. So got to have like a plan. All right. So that's one of the first steps to deciding you want to do this is to have a plan because no habit starts without some intentionality. You're inserting something new into your life and you have to be intentional about it. So I decided to pick a time frame that I would meet every day. And I chose 20 minutes at the time. There's some limited studies, scientific research that said that sounded like a good dosage. Since then, there's been additional studies that have come out that say about two hours a week is the sweet spot for time spent outside. That breaks down to under 20 minutes a day. Wonderful. Okay. So 20 minutes was my time. I also knew, and this is another thing, that 20 minutes was something that I would actually do. We make resolutions, right? Like famously, New Year's resolutions. I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to read for two hours. I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to start on Monday. Right. And the truth of the matter is that those are hard to do because they aren't things that can seamlessly fit into your life. You have not picked a goal that is something that can be attainable for you where you are right now. You are envisioning a goal for a version of yourself that does not exist in this moment. So I picked 20 minutes. I said, you know what? I can be somebody who spends 20 less minutes scrolling the social media and 20 more minutes walking in the woods or whatever. So that's how I landed on that. And on September 1st, I started with that time hack. Now, mind you, I was, I was going outside every day, but not necessarily for 20 minutes because there's some really crappy rainy days. I was like, we good. We going back. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's raining. That's enough. Shake it off the calendar. Today counts. Today counts. Goodbye. So I knew that I needed that benchmark of time. And I launched into my project, September 1st, 2017, 20 minutes outside a day. Okay. So I've been doing this now for 1700 days, like 1,708 or something. As of today, we could ask Alexa, very handy way to find out how many days it's been since a different day. And Ah, (laughs) and don't actually have to count them. I've learned that trick. And I have absolutely encountered some days that was like, ooh, I don't really want to do this. But on those days, because I have done it so many times, I know that I cannot possibly even fathom having today be the day that I don't do my 20 minutes outside. That ain't happening. And so I push through because I have that habit and because I've seen the benefits that it gives me over time when I do overcome those discomfort moments. So choosing that joy to talk through that aspect is about understanding what a habit has for you and the gifts of that 
and then looking towards that when the discomfort comes, because discomfort comes in our everyday lives in any given thing that we're doing. Like having a positive outlook or building a positive lifestyle is not always a joyful, comfortable thing. It's often doesn't feel good. But when you use as a gentle on-ramp heading outside every day, you will discover that you are better equipped to overcome discomfort because you have incrementally been dosing it by going outside and experiencing it in minor ways. One of the uncomfortable things for humans is things that are unexpected. We don't like unexpected things. Even people- Or change. Or change. Even people who are like, oh yeah, I like new things don't really, like, it's something that we have to fight for. It's just human nature. This has become one of my favorite things about going outside. No matter what you do outside. And this, by the way, was something taught to me by a coach who I had on my podcast. His name is Cordell Glass. And I want to absolutely give him credit for this because it changed how I think about this. When you go outside, you experience something new every single time, every time, because nothing outside is the same as it was last time you were there. So you're going to experience, even if it is just as minor as the way a light, the light is hitting a branch today. Okay. Or as monumental as the thing that you really like to do all the time, you can't do anymore because a tree fell down on the path or because the area is closed or whatever change happens and change happens outside in a way that is completely out of your control. The weather will be different. The temperature will be different, 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 different. Okay. When you go outside and you receive that, you're teaching yourself that that change is safe. This is safe for me to experience this because it does not impacting me in an unsafe way. Sure. Right. It might feel uncomfortable, but that discomfort is safe. And then as you encounter incrementally different discomforts, you learn how to overcome them. You learn what tools that you already have for that. So that could be an attitude. This is different. I'm bummed about that. Okay, I'm going to sit in that for a second. I'm going to move on. Or this is uncomfortable. I don't like that. (laughs) What can I do to make this okay? And maybe that's as simple as I should get a warmer jacket. (laughs) Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or as complicated as I'm going to need to get in my car and go somewhere else for my time today because this situation is not okay with me. And it's not serving you. Yeah, it's not serving me. Or I need to find a new hobby, um, a little bored. So now all of a sudden, maybe you're not someone who likes new hobbies. You're okay with doing that because it's a like this gentle on-ramp to being okay with change and new things. And that has been such a gift to me because I do not like new things. <laughs> Says the woman who packed up, drove across the country, bought the house sight unseen, but I don't like new things. But, okay, <laughs> you have to know that in, the con- that in the context of army lifestyle is that you are moving to places you've never been before constantly. It's just a very normal part of life. Yeah, that is true. Point well taken. True in your walks. Of, I mean, but that to me would be like crazy, but you're the veteran in that situation. 
Right. And it's such a good example of what I'm talking about, about being outside, right? That was okay with me because I had done it several times before as a normal part of my life. Well, when you're going outside every day, this change and these new things incrementally are a normal part of your life. And now they're not quite as shocking when you are in your job and something major changes. And that feels very scary. Like the company sold or the boss changes or whatever. Okay. Well, because I experience things outside every day, even if I'm not connecting those dots to myself in that moment, I internally know my body knows that change is safe, that I'm going to be okay. And that I have an array of tools in myself to understand how to tackle that. There's a lot here. And if I start speaking in very fragmented, what the hell is she really saying words that she's not putting a sentence together like that example, it's because I have tens of thousands of questions here outside. And I just outside your, I want to say out in nature. It's not, I've left my house for 20 minutes. You're walking. Not always. Riding a bike. I mean, you could be sitting on your porch. You don't have to go do anything. So you're just outside. You're just outside. But hear me out. If you are sitting outside and you are receiving just by being there, whatever's happening around you, you are out in nature. If you are sitting on your stoop in New York City, you are out in nature. Humans, other humans, other people are part of your nature experience. Okay. So you're outside. And again, I've heard the word intentionally throughout Because I do, I do sit out on my porch and I may start with my phone and then I'll put it down because I do enjoy just listening to the birds. I do enjoy who's driving by, walking by, or just listening or just watching or just daydreaming. So that in itself, in New York, where yes, we can have, I'll say cold winters, I don't say, oh, let me sit outside because it's really cold. But I do enjoy when it's first snowing and it's quiet and the the night sky is really light and there's a stillness and a freshness and I'm the one out there just kind of taking it in because it's just so pretty. Yeah. So the other thing about being cold real fast is that you don't really want to sit still. So you will find that in the wintertime, if you're doing this intentionally, you are moving just as a self-preservation situation, okay? (laughs) Because it feels better to be moving. But what you're doing is you're listening to what your body wants and needs by doing that. So the other things you just described are, have a bunch of scientific terms along with them. One of them is soft fascination. So you're spent when you are just observing and listening and hearing and all of those things and letting your mind wander, your body and your brain are doing some hard work right then. It's why people do have good ideas in the shower. It's why I personally have my best ideas when I'm running because I have like, my brain just starts to wander. You're doing sort of a rote task that doesn't take a lot of your brain power and you're just the light bulb goes on, right? Or you have a great idea. That's called soft fascination. And it's part of mind wandering. Those are really beneficial and important things for our minds. Or so the experts I've had on my podcast have taught me, I am not a scientist. I just talk to them, but that's essentially what you're experiencing. And that can be experienced wherever you are. One of the things I focused really strongly on 
my podcast this year and season five since January was this idea of nearby nature because I wanted people to, and I wanted to learn about how you don't need to move to Alaska to accomplish this. You can live in a walk up in New York city or anywhere in the world and go out on a fire escape and have a potted plant or walk down your street and see a pigeon. Bert and Ernie had something going on there with Bert's pigeon friends. Okay. And what that is, is this connection with something outside of yourself that's outside of your control and is it's complex and it's not understandable in the way that you understand, you and I understand each other. So we can build our relationships in nature too, between humans. And I can observe you in the wild, if you will. Okay. But in my environment, <laughs> yeah, in your environment. but I have an understanding of you because we are both, we speak the same language. And when I go into nature, I'm only receiving, only gathering because I don't, there's nothing that I can give really to nature other than to take care of the thing that I'm personally using. So first educate me a little on the seasons in Alaska. You know, I have my stereotypical thought and and my husband watches all of the Alaska off the grid uh, shows. What are your seasons run? What are your average temperatures? So Alaska is humongous, right? So let's remember that. I am in South Central area near Anchorage, Alaska. So it is brighter and lighter here, if you will. So I'm going to like just talk about in context of, of that area. Fairbanks, for example, several hours north of me is, has a much different situation, colder, darker. So our seasons are typically very short, short fall and spring and not nearly ever long enough summer and then a long winter. So you're looking at summer from probably about mid-May. So while we're speaking through probably August and that looks like, oh gosh, 70 degrees is a really nice day. Often cooler than that, sometimes warmer than that, but also very light because the sun comes up and it essentially stays light in the sky from early May through the end of July and mid-August. There is no point at which it is truly, truly dark. The sun may have set, but you still have that lingering nautical twilight. The afterglow. So correct. when is in the summer sunset? Because I'm a big lover and seeker of sunsets and I love summertime now, or even when our time changes and it's just lighter longer so that by the time I do get home, I have time to get to my local beach where I can hit it straight on that sunset. There's nothing more glorious than the end of the day. I'm actually having to look it up for you because I don't ever see it anymore. I'm asleep. Oh, okay. Sunset tonight is 10.55 p.m. <laughs> oh, wow. I would miss a lot. Yeah. So from about early May through late August, I never see it be dark. Because it wow. is like a twilight in the morning when I get up, I get very up very early. So right now, sunrise is seven fifty. I'm sorry, four fifty a.m. But it is light when I get up at four a.m. And then sunsets ten fifty five. So it's like broad daylight when I go to bed at eight thirty nine o'clock because I get up so early. So I never ever see it be dark, which is just the best thing to me. That's like a benefit of living in Alaska. Because on the flip side of that is in December, on the shortest day of the year, the sun is setting around or rising around ten thirty in the morning and setting around four p.m. Oh, right. So I got my fill of sunsets, buddy. 
bill <laughs> of sunsets. But the other thing about you asked about these seasons and this, what you're really asking about is light, right? Because that's what you learn very quickly in Alaska. Seasons are seasons are tied to light. And so you learn to celebrate the light and it's coming back and then sort of mourn it's going, but also when it leaves, it is a season of light in other ways. You learn to celebrate the light of your friends and family. You celebrate the fact that the light will return because that's how seasons work. And so it is all about light. And one of the great things about the drastic way the light moves, because when you lose or gain over five minutes of daylight every day, it is noticeable week over week where the sun is in the sky. So in these seasons of drastically changing light, where you notice it because you're awake for its movement. Now, I don't notice it changing in the summer because again, I'm asleep, but the rest of the year I do. The way the light hits on the mountains is called alpine glow. Okay. And it puts this red golden sheen on certain parts of these mountain peaks and against the snow. So if you hear the song Purple Mountains Majesty, okay, and have like a montage in your mind of like mountainscapes, Purple Mountain Majesty, those films are always of some sort of alpine glow that the way the light is hitting the purple mountains. Okay. That's what they're talking about. And I'm like getting goosebumps describing it to you because it is. I see it. I, yeah. It is the most astounding thing. And it is something that I never would have learned to appreciate. Like you hear that I do, had I not started going outside because it is in being outside that I'm noticing these things. And I have really learned to not just notice them, but like care for them and how it impacts me has changed how I care for everything. Right. It makes your heart sing clearly. The listeners can't see you, but they can hear it in your voice. And I have the pleasure of seeing both and hearing it. And yeah, it definitely like your heart is swelling just talking about it. You got to go watch a Purple Mountains Majesty montage video because like (laughs) we're definitely going to. So when you first moved there and you were sitting outside come Memorial Day, because kudos, you survived I did. the winter, mm-hmm. you did, <laughs> outside of, let's say, running out to hit a store or what have you, you thought nature was going to come knocking on the door, you wanted to see what Alaska had to offer, but it's almost like Alaska had to come to you before you sat outside and said, what's happening here? Yeah, I thought it would be easier. I thought it would be easier to make myself do it. I think I, you know, I had no context for what I was going to experience. And I, I really lacked the tools to make it be friendly to me. So for example, I didn't not own a warm enough jacket. I did not understand what I needed and I did not stop to figure it out. And so when I went outside, I was cold. And when you're cold, you don't really want to go. And you're cranky and miserable and and nothing. Why would I do that? Yeah. I fundamentally lacked the know-how, but you get know-how when you want to be interested in something. It doesn't know how, like that knowledge doesn't just come and sit in your lap and call you mama. You have to go find it. And so I, once I was interested in learning, I went and found it very, very easily. It's right there. It's the internet. I would think, or even just being in your area, they don't sell members only jackets. That's how old I am. You know, they sell the right warmth level. (laughs) 
Correct. Correct. And so you just have to ask. I did not ask. I was not curious. I was not intentional. And so when I would try to go outside, I went, tried to go skiing a couple times or whatever. I was just fundamentally not happy. So, <laughs> so I'd stop doing it. <laughs> yeah. AKA freezing. <laughs> so freezing. Yeah. And yet you have running, skiing, you can do almost anything outdoors that'll, again, and you must have some walking paths or some places right there, right in your, in your own backyard. How about wildlife? What have you seen? Well, I love seeing moose. Okay. So moose picture like your common deer that you almost hit with your car, right? Moose are just so much bigger than that. They're like majestic. They're like gods. They are not interested in moving for you <laughs> until they're very interested in moving. So they just stand there like a statue, okay? Looking at you, chewing. And they're also somehow very sneaky. Here's my theory. So if you look at a moose head on, they are very narrow from the front, okay? They're like long and narrow. And I think they're just really good at hiding behind trees because they're so narrow. So it can, a moose can legitimately stand in a tree thicket and you don't see it because it's not broad and like it's, you know, unless it's standing width wise. Okay. And they're also not very loud unless they're crashing through something, but they don't do a lot of crashing through things unless they're scared or on the charging you, which you do not want. And so it's very easy to come upon a moose without knowing that it's going to happen. And I just freaking love it. Now, you don't really want to come upon a moose because a moose startled protecting its child will charge you and they're humongous and it's not going to work out. It's not going to end well. No. So you do need to be very aware, but also you have to really come up on a moose for it to be startled. Okay. Cause it saw you coming and I, it is the best day. If I happen upon a moose in the distance, in the distance, in the walking path that I use, I have seen bare evidence, which would be footprints or droppings in my wanderings, trail wanderings, uh, running into a bear is not something that you want to do ever. So we work very hard, making a lot of noise. You know, if I'm backpacking or running by myself or in a situation where my friends and I have run out of things to talk about, I'll have music or a podcast playing on my phone out loud. So I have seen evidence of bear and we saw a bear while we drove through Denali state park once in the distance, Wolverine are very cool to run into. They're, uh, like they kind of look like coyote. It's, I don't know. It's like a large fox might be a better description. They're very elusive. You don't see them a lot. I don't know why I thought they were like nocturnal there. Then these guys are out during the day because there's, it's not always night or. They're more like less nocturnal. Although I think they actually are, do prefer nighttime, but we're talking about a time of year where it's well, not I was going to say, right. They don't, they, they don't have much choice. <laughs> as they are very reclusive. So they're not going to be where they're liable to run into you. So we'll see them once in a while where we're out in the backcountry, So like away from any towns or whatever, skiing or something, there's just no one else around. But I got to say, I love the moose. I think they're so funny. Yeah. The other thing we have here that not a lot of people realize is a huge migratory bird population. 
And people in the southern U.S. may be familiar with the sandhill crane. They are a large crane bird. They have sort of red and brown coloring. And when they walk, you think they look like they're sneaking off somewhere because they have that crane (laughs) walk, like they're on their tiptoes. Yeah, like a burglar. Yeah. Yeah, like a burglar. (laughs) I think they're so funny and they migrate up here in the summertime. And so we have this large migration of sandhill cranes that are just so majestic and so goofy looking. It's the best day if I run into a place where there are these sandhill cranes creeping around, you know, on the lamb. (laughs) So the fact that you set a goal and you made yourself accountable Mm -hmm. It's not as though you had a gym buddy or something. It was up to you regardless. And I don't know if maybe you just gave yourself a window of time. Okay, let's see. Did you give yourself a window of time every day or was it general and broad? Like, well, let me go outside sometime today or again, let me have breakfast and go outside. How did you weave that into your routine? Yeah, so... This comes down a little bit to personality. I am somebody who responds to both inner and outer expectations. So I can set a goal for myself and pretty much stick to it. And if anyone's interested in learning more about that sort of personality theory, Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies is a great place to start because it'll kind of help you peg down what you are and how to get yourself to do something. So for me, it came down to, I'm going to set a goal. Now I have to figure out when I'm going to do it. And so I'm very busy. I have a full-time job. I've got kids, you know, I've got side projects, all these things all the time. And I knew that I needed to be very careful about planning it into my day. And so one of the things I did at the beginning was just at the beginning of my day, figure out when I'm going to go outside. Okay. What does my schedule look like? When do I have just 20 minutes to go outside in the winter time? That's even more important because you're planning that around the weather you know, what time of day is going to be the least unpleasant or the light. I want to go outside when it's light outside. I'm going to have to figure out a time to do that before say three 30 in the summertime. It's a whole lot easier because I got light at my fingertips all day long uh, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. But I will say on the flip side, when you live in Alaska and the weather's nice, you learn that you best go out there and take care of business. And I mean, right now, because it's not going to be nice this like this for very long. Even three months feels like a very short period of time when you're looking at six months of winter. And so you all of a sudden have this pressure to not be outside for 20 minutes. You better be outside for hours, every second that you can. The laundry goes to, I mean. Sure. <laughs> it'll get so, done eventually. It'll get done eventually, yeah. right. Or buy more. And you'll buy more, right. This is why we have stores. No, you do learn to be very careful about planning what it is. Now, that is especially important when you're setting yourself up for a new habit, taking that time at the beginning of each day to say, when am I going to go outside and do this? How is this going to fit into my schedule? If you're somebody who would respond better to having a set time every day, I would like to go outside every morning with my dog. Like I'm going to drink my coffee on my porch every day. Okay. That's great. That is a really good way to do that. My only caution would be that if that habit gets disruptive, so let's say you have a day where you're sick with the flu. Okay. So you did not get up and have coffee on your front porch or a different sick with a different illness. Um, (laughs) You did not get up and have coffee on your front porch. Okay. So you just miss the thing that you do every day. Are you going to be intentional enough to find a different time to do that? 
you can still go outside for 20 minutes when you have the flu. It's just not going to be at the normal time. And when your habit that gets disrupted one day, it's harder to pick it up again. So for me, being simply intentional about I'm going to do this at some point during the day and looking at it from a whole day perspective instead of a routine at a certain time perspective lends me to keeping my habit long-term. If you think about it as brushing your teeth, okay? I brush my teeth right before I go to bed and right after I get up in the morning. When I go camping and I don't have my sink in my bathroom right around the corner from my bed, I might actually forget to brush my teeth in the morning because I get up, I go find the bathroom, I come back, now we're making coffee, you know, an hour and a half goes by. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I ever brush my teeth. <laughs> it's just right. like that, right? When something's a natural part of your day at a very specific time, it can be harder to pivot to doing it at a different time if it's not something that you're used to doing. What I'm also hearing you say is, and again, it has a lot to do with the mindset, is that you get to do this. Never once have you said, I have to. Oh, I got to do this. I have to. Again, something else on the to-do list, but like, oh, today, when do I get to go out? Right. So, right. So it is. I will say that there are days that is particularly unpleasant outside that it does feel like you have to. Those are few and far between. I do work hard to have an I get to do this perspective because I know that it is a privilege to even know that going outside is something that I want to do. I don't take that privilege for granted. I know privilege is a very popular sort of catchphrase you to use today, but I actually really, I really believe in the concept because I think it's acknowledging when you are experiencing a privilege yourself in whatever line of your life that is lends to gratitude. And I feel grateful for the access that I have to the outside. And that is both physical access that I have that here to use and also access in myself that I've learned that it is something that I want to do. And on those days that it is hard, that I feel like I am checking a box by going on that walk because I have access to that knowledge that it is something that I want. I have out of practice and time learned to take a step back and say, am I doing this for the right reason? And how can I recalibrate how I'm thinking about this to do it for a reason that matters to me? And you'll actually hear me talk about that on my podcast a little bit, because I do, I do slide into that. I really do. So being a, a military family, so how many states have you lived in? I have to count. Hold on a sec. Five with the military, five with the military, including Alaska. And then I am from California. Okay. Went to school in Michigan. And then I lived in all the places in DC. So I think I've lived in like eight, nine states um, and the District of Columbia. Okay. Interesting. And you lived in, I'll say, cities versus uh, like suburban versus a, a more rural area. And so you're doing kind of a hustle and bustle, perhaps, of, of city life where you're outside, but you're not intentionally because you might be outside. Does this count? Hey, I'm you know walking to my next project and I'm on my way to meet someone for lunch or something. But when you got intentional 
as something that you're doing for you. Again, you're just taking that time to fill up that cup. And I like how you did set that 20 minutes. And there are days in the summer, obviously, in the light where you're going for more, which you know you're going to need because then you'll do the 20 in the winter and still call on some of those reserves from your light days. Mm -hmm. Intentionality is a mindset. Yeah. There's nothing stopping you from taking your walk to your next project and using that also as your 20 minutes, because what are you doing during that walk? Other than commuting to the next location, what are you doing during that walk? I travel to, even today, I travel to Washington, DC periodically for work. And of course it is difficult when you're in all day meetings to go outside and then you're exhausted at night and it's dark and you're just like, I'm done. So on those times I do get up maybe 30 minutes early to go for a walk in the early morning light with a cup of coffee, or I am using that commute time and I'm thinking, okay, so it's like 10 minute walk to the Metro station. That's not 20 minutes, right? So I'm going to leave 10 minutes early and I'm going to walk a block and a half farther or whatever, or I'm going to go to the Metro station and I'm going to sit on the bench outside of it for 10 minutes. And I'm just going to like check out a tree. That's what we're going to do. And all of that is fine because again, intentionality is a mindset. It is encountering whatever it is during your day and asking how it serves you best. Hmm. And I love that you're so in tune to you. It's morphed into more you know, the project, the podcast, the the everything and in learning more from your guests and your experts. And that's great, but it never wavers from, it's about me, 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 and the effects that it's having on one that does this. Right. I would say that it was always about seeing how it impacted me, but it has been in the practice of doing it that I've learned to be that in tune and be that intentional about questioning how this is serving me and how I can make it serve me more. And just being, trying to keep that awareness going of when I have a bad attitude about something. So it's very nice outside today. And this week, as I mentioned, I've been feeling a little bummed out Mm. because I've been sitting at my desk, which is just right in front of this window, gazing out longingly on my yard and the way the sun is hitting the trees yeah. and the light and feeling, I'm not going to lie, a little trapped. So then I think, okay, I'm going to go outside and take my computer outside. Well, the light, because this the ambient air temperature may not be particularly warm, but the sun is very intense. So in short, my computer overheats. So then I'm like inside again. Now, all of this has been bumming me out majorly, but because I am in tune with that feeling. Now it took me a couple of days, but yesterday it occurred to me that I could effectively chase this partial shade around my yard. There was nothing stopping me from taking a folding table out there and setting it up in the shade. Okay. And then the sun moves. Now you get yourself up and you set it up somewhere else. Nothing in the world is stopping me from doing that, except I hadn't thought of that yet. And so that's what I did. First, I started on my porch where there was already partial shade and a patio table. Okay. Then the sun came with this laser beam awesomeness and started overheating my computer. So I got up, 
I got the folding table. I took it to the other side of the yard. I plopped myself there, open for business. Okay, did my work there. Then the sun came like a ninja. Okay, <laughs> relocated again. And I'll tell you what, I was outside all morning. It was fantastic. Can't do that every day. Like not every task lends itself to that. But I took some conference calls out there. There's like the birds chirping. It fundamentally changed my attitude about that. So am I going to spend every day like that? Probably not. But because I had that intuition into my self of what I needed, I could pause and say, how can we solve this in a way that is simple, but like keep it simple, stupid. I did not go out and buy an umbrella setup. I did not relocate to another state. You know, I used the tools I already had that make like perfect sense now that we thought of them to go out there and do this thing. And now I know that that's a possibility for me. So next time I'm sitting in here <laughs> looking so sad in front of my window, I will say, keep it simple, stupid. And I'll bust out the folding table and go do that again. It, you know, it's funny. Cause it's like this, um, I don't know, like a typical white folding table that we happen to have in our garage. And I put a chair by it. It looks like the doctor will see you now. It's very funny, but <laughs> like I'm sitting there at this desk in the middle of my yard. It again, not only served the purpose, you know, there's a lot of ways to skin this cat and you family are like, okay, wait a second. That's how I can get outside. And, you know, you're so proud of yourself. I know. Not only thinking of it, but the (laughs) fact that you got to enjoy the day outside. Exactly. So, okay. Now think about how that goes for you any other time, right? So you think about the simple things that you have to serve yourself. Keep it simple, stupid solutions. And you know, those exist in this instance, and you learn how to think about that things, all problems that way. So when the winter comes and it's like, not so good. All right. And you want to do your 20 minutes, but you know, that the other side of this is like, it's very cold and it's not always the air temperature. That's so bad. It's the wind. Okay. So cold and like negative 16 wind chill. That sounds like your nose hairs are going to freeze and they will. That sounds, yeah. So what Uh are you going to do about that? Well, because you have these building blocks of keeping things simple, you can encounter that using the tools that you thinking in that way, thinking that, okay, so I'm going to be cold. What do we have that can help us? Okay. Well, I could wear four jackets instead of one. Like it's just really mm-hmm. four layers and right, right. I right. know that it's really windy here, but wait a second. There's that one part of town that is often less windy. I wonder if I could fit going there into my day to day and hot dog, you get down there, it's less windy and you saw something you didn't expect and it's great, but it takes that word we were talking about for intentionality and effort and learning that think outside of the box intuitiveness for yourself. I absolutely love it. Love, love. Giving yourself also, I'll say grace and flexibility because it would quickly turn the I get to to the I have to. You know, like, oh shit, man, it is really cold out there. But, you know, let me just, let me just bundle up and how many layers can I wear versus let me think about this. Makes a great story too, man. When you overcome that adversity to go outside on a day that was not ideal, even if the street cred never gets used on anybody else, you know that you did that. And now we all know that you did that. But more importantly, I'm sure even your local friends, I know that I know some of the listeners would be like, I'm sorry, what is she? Right. But what I mean is, is that you have 
experienced something that was hard and you overcame it. You made a decision to do it and you did it. So now you know that you totally can do that. And it was kind of amazing at the same time. So we had a windstorm January 1st. First act of the year, Alaska, thank you, was to bring us a windstorm. What does that mean? If you've ever battened down the hatches for a hurricane, you know, the hurricane comes in like these hundred mile an hour winds for several hours, terrible experience. We had upwards of a hundred mile an hour winds sustained for three days. Okay. Oh my God. The KFC literally broke apart. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Crazy. Okay. I want to hear more of it. I'm like, how would you even drive if you were going to go somewhere? Well, you weren't supposed to, because you were supposed to stay in your house. People were out of power for a long time. Tractor trailers are flipping over like actual natural disaster. Okay. And here I am in my house, like we're supposed to go outside every day. What are we going to do about that? So guess what? We went outside. Now this looked like putting on the big jacket, like the real big one. And I was like, what part of my house functions as a windbreak? Okay. So I have like this little tiny outcropping on the front of my house. And I had to climb over quite a large snow berm to get there. Okay. And I do that. And I like tuck myself in there, bundled up and sat out there and think, okay. Then my family's like, oh no, 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 no. It's like hurricane forest winds. We're going out here. We're going to see what that feels like. And so we battled our way up this hill next to our house. Not very long, like just long enough to in this thing. And then my kids were like walking back and forth. We had like sunglasses on to shield our eyes. You know, your eyes are closed. It was the craziest thing. I am so glad I made myself go out and experience that because first of all, everyone else I know stayed inside like they were supposed to. Right. But I wasn't driving anywhere. I was going outside. Right. Yeah, You're on the property. Yeah. They all stayed inside. Okay. Cause it was very windy and terrible, but like, I have these pictures of me, like basically blowing down a small hill and this memory of doing this, my kids are never going to forget that. And yeah, you know what? I can go outside when there's a windstorm. I think that I can go outside on this slightly less pleasant day. Now I know that I can do that. I love this. So we're halfway through 2022. What do you have on your agenda? You're still in the throes of your challenge of your project. Do you host the challenge? Do you set up the challenges for people? How does that happen? Yeah. So the Humans Outside 365 Challenge is something that you can start literally today, any day that you want, start today. And it is as simple as going outside every day for a year from today, pick an amount of time that you want to do. I suggest 20 minutes. Maybe you want more, maybe you want less and go outside for that amount of day every day for a year. Find a way to keep yourself accountable. For me, I post a picture of myself on Instagram going outside every day. And I have since September 1st, 2017. That's how I keep myself accountable. I have my little daily photo. Find a way to do that. Now, you can also join the Humans Outside 365 Challenge officially on humansoutside.com. And doing so comes with some help and tips and tricks and monthly assistance and reminders and a finisher decal. And depending on which level you register for, it could come with a finisher medal, if that's your thing, or I've got a, um, like a neck gaiter, really cozy neck gaiter buff that it might come with, comes with a tracker and it comes with a guide. Okay. And that's really for people who feel like they need a little bit of extra accountability, a little bit of an extra boost, or just really want that like finisher decal or something like that. 
And so you can register for that on humansoutside.com. And yeah, it's a really, it's a start today kind of thing. Now I started my initial time in the summertime. And I really think that that's a great way to go because it does offer that gentle on-ramp to experiencing weather. And by the time the terrible weather rolls around, you're already going outside for, let's say 60 days in a row. Are you really going to quit today? Really? Yeah, no, it's already, it's already a habit. It's already there. Really? It would really be hard to skip because it's just your body's just used to it. But if you really like an amp up a challenge, maybe starting when the weather's not great is a good way to do it. Like I did on that Memorial Day in my crappy rainy weather where I had my terrible attitude. So it just depends on, on what you want to do. But my advice would be do not wait because there's always next Monday forever. I never start anything on a Monday. As a matter of fact, quite honestly, I start, if I'm going to start something, I start on Sunday. Like, you know, Monday, it's it's just psychologically, it's that day for people. And yet it's just a day. It's just another day. It just goes by another name. That's all it is. But it really represents uh, so much there. So I like that. I like the posting. We should maybe make reels daily and just have ourselves out there. Absolutely. Okay. I like it. I don't think I know I'm going to do this. All right. Well, as I say on my podcast, I'll see you out there, but I expect (laughs) you to tag me. That my friend goes without saying. All right. You got to tag me. I can't say I interact with people who use the, my hashtag every single day, but I do Mm -hmm. regularly. That's fun. Sure. Um, Yeah. And if you comment on my stuff, I will comment back. I'll comment on yours. I mean, we out here, we're living the life, you know, I like it. So I absolutely like it. There's so much that happens on the outside, even if it's just the quiet time, you know, the noise in the head and all of that stimulation that comes at you from every angle, just give yourself that gift of that. Nature is a source of infinite possibilities for how you receive it and for how it comes at you. So (laughs) Mm, love, love, love. You mentioned the website and Mm -hmm. tell me, where do you hang out? What are your socials? Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at humans outside. And then I use the hashtag humans outside 365 on all of my personal daily photos. And then of course, humans outside on Facebook and then the humans outside podcast is in, as I know you are all of the podcast places, all of the pods, check it out. It's really, I was listening to the one, uh, the gentleman from Washington, DC with the local parks. And, uh, I just love learning. There's so much out there and, you know, it's a place I only drive through in route to somewhere else. And I never stop, but, you know, maybe when my Kids were smaller. We went on to the, you know, the DC field trip, but again, agenda schedule, right? You're not free to move about the cabin. And he painted such a beautiful picture that I'm like, I need to go there. Yeah. Raphael Waldub is here talking about with City Blossoms. And my favorite takeaway, if you're traveling through the city from that was just that talk we had about the National Arboretum, which is right off of 295. So if you're going down 95 South, you can skate over to 295, not very difficultly and cruise right there on Route 50 into DC. And the National Arboretum is literally on the side of the road off of Route 50 in Washington, DC. It could not be more accessible to the highway. It sounded glorious. So I will definitely uh, get that on my horizon to check out. 
So thank you so much for, well, I'm not going to even say getting up early because you start your day way early, which is a wonderful thing, but for this information and for painting such a glorious picture and reminding us how important light is. Well, Stephanie, it's such a pleasure to share my journey and the benefits of going outside with you and your audience. And I just really am grateful that you had me today. Absolutely. So I want to hear these comments. I'm down. I'm throwing it down. I am going to definitely join today. Not I'm thinking, not now, today. Maybe when I, when as this downloads, I'm going to start today. Snap my picture and, and hashtag in there. Website, joyfoundhere.com. I want to hear about it. I would love to have some listeners join me. Let's go. Why not? Nature is a wonderful thing to soak up. And we need to keep ourselves replenished. So if it's a little selflessly to self-help ourselves, let's do it. And anywhere you hear us on Apple, on Spotify, just keep listening. We really, really appreciate your support. And until the next time, be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.